Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. Sugar? Hello? OMG, we're back. Indeed we are. See, here's the thing. Last week we were back, but this time we're really back because we showed up again. Yes, we're back. <laughs> Now we're back, back. Now we're really back because it wasn't a fluke. Right. Like we actually were like, oh, let's do this again. We'd said, okay, we're really, we're in it. We're in it to win it. We are. I feel like we've really got some momentum now. Yeah. (laughs) And please let me apologize to all of our fans about Uh my duplicated recipe from last week. You know what? It's a, I feel like. I'm just sorry. I feel like that that we're going to have to get a pass if it's, I mean, we bake a lot of crap. We do. So I'm just and saying we can't always tired. remember. And there you go. Don't do it again. <laughs> I will hit you. I will hit you back. I know. That's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, nobody cared. And it was good the second time. Like, it's good every time you make it. So I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. I, I am making something that I know for sure has not been made before. What are you making? It's, I am. It's looking good in my kitchen. Yep. So I decided to opt for a no bake recipe because yeah, like the oven's not on. No, nope. mm-hmm. it's not even going to go some, in the microwave. We some beaters, but yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, I what I have made, or I'm in the process of making because it's chilling. But I will tell you what I did. It is um, chocolate chip cookie dough dip. I thought my refrigerator smelled like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. There's a bowl in there that looks like cookie dough. I wonder. But I shan't be putting them on a baking sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really easy recipe. And it's a pretty fun recipe. I got to tell you, it was, I mean, it's easy if you, I mean, Super Bowl's coming up. Oh, yeah. If you get assigned to bring a dish, mm-hmm. this would be something that's like out of the wings and nachos family. It's a dessert. Yes. And it's it's a fun one. It's fun. And you don't have to bake it. I love a no-bake. Yeah. But first, this is what I want to say. You had a birthday this week. I did. Yeah. I it around the sun again. Yeah. So, um, happy birthday Thank to you. you. Yeah. Um, so, that is something. That is something. We haven't had the celebration yet. We're having no. that over the weekend. So, you haven't had the opportunity to make me my birthday dessert. I know. And unfortunately I won't be making it for the show because it's a dessert we've made before. Exactly. I specifically have made this before, but it's okay. But that's okay. Because we know one, it tastes good. <laughs> do you remember that one she made that one time that's like the cake and it's got the bananas fosters, but the best part of it is it's got bourbon, <laughs> green cheese, frosting. Yeah, it's really Hummer. good. Yeah. And so, there's bourbon, of course, in the bananas foster yes, as well. And in the, in the cream cheese frosting, so it doesn't bake out. So yes. it's like, you get a good bite. Yes. Get a good little good bite. Punch. It's nice. I'm so excited about it. So I I'm going to tell you. Taste it. Like I can smell it. Yeah, I'm excited I'm too. I'm excited. Ready. It's going to make my whole kitchen smell good. So I'm just going to tell you about this dip really quick. Oh yeah, please it's in. Do. Like I said, it's chilling. It's chilling like a villain chilling up in your like fridge. Dylan. Yeah. 
So it is a stick of butter, unsalted, softened, eight ounces of cream cheese, softened, a third of a cup of sugar, quarter of a cup of light brown sugar, two and a half teaspoons of Killa Vanilla. Mm -hmm. So if you don't make it with Killa Vanilla, it will not be successful. No, it's not going to taste as good. A half a teaspoon of salt and one and a half cups of chocolate chips. I use the mini chocolate chips. I love a mini chip. Yes, I think in... I think for ratio's sake in this situation, it just really called for a mini chip. I personally wish that they would make a mini chip in more variety. More like flavors. I would like a dark chocolate mini chip. Me too. I wouldn't even mind like a mini chip in the butterscotch. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. All of them. All, of all them. flavors in mini. Yeah. Why, why can't they do that? I don't know. I don't either. It's on my nerves. Yeah. I Mine like too. a mini chip in my chocolate chip cookies, but I also really like the dark chocolate because I put yeah. the Heath Bar pieces in it. Yes. So you want to have that rich dark chocolate up against the toffee flavor and yeah. then the brown butter. And it's not course. like overly sweet. Right. But uh, there is not a mini dark chocolate chip that I've come across. And I'm quite disappointed in that. Me too. All right. So anyway, you put your... Cream cheese, your butter, and your two sugars, and they're softened. And then you whip them with beaters for two minutes until they're really, really creamy. And then you're going to um, add your vanilla and your salt, and you're going to give it another whip. And then you're going to, you can either fold in or beat in your chocolate chips, whichever mm, you prefer. Whatever, yeah. So easy. You put that all in a bowl and then so you... So I think for recipes like this going forward, mm-hmm. I'll challenge you with, <laughs> instead of using electric beaters or a stand mixer or even a hand whisk, to use the crank whisk of yesteryear. Either that you know or you know whisk. what I have is I have the the old-fashioned mashed potato masher. Okay. And I, I still can feel use like that's going to be a little that. easier than cranking like... I don't know that this crank would things. go through this dough. I'm just going to challenge you. Okay, I will make forward. you a deal. You find me one of those to use, and I'll use it. Girl, on it. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, I've put this. It should chill for a couple of hours. Um, the recipe doesn't say to chill it, but I'm going to tell you it's better chilled. And then when you bring it out, this recipe said serve it with pretzels or mm. fruit. Mm. Right. I serve it with vanilla wafers. Nice. But it is it, it adds another layer of sweetness. So if yeah, you even a you graham know, cracker might a be graham, nice. Yes, there was another recipe that I saw that, that said graham crackers yeah. would be good. Or one of those fancy biscoff cookies, that Let's might see. be good. I don't know. I just think this is because the biscoff sweet. isn't really sweet. That's it's true. More, it's got mm-hmm. more of a bitter taste to it. So it might offset <gasps> what about the dang um the bitters, the no, the bitters, the no, bitters, the bitters. Oh, what are those cookies called that they eat in England that they love? They're the digestive. Yes, perhaps <laughs> on a digestive. I think it would be perfect on a digestive. Yes. I was like, where is she going with this? I had no idea what we were at, what not we were bitters, having. Not the bitters. No, don't the bring the bitters into this. The digestives. <laughs> yes, if we could get some good digestives. I'm sorry, I don't have any of those tonight. But if we did. You would be having it with the justice. Tally ho. Tally ho, my that's friend. Exciting. Yeah. So. Well, well, that's chilling. Yeah, but can What's... we just talk a minute? Oh, God. Yeah, this has been can a crazy just, week, can right? Can we just talk a minute about the Murdoch trial? 
Oh, I was just going to say before I started, please excuse me if I get a little lost in my story. It's been a couple weeks since I wrote this story, but mm-hmm. I have so much murder on my mind right now. It's going to be hard to keep everything straight. It is. It is. We this have here trial. in South Carolina, this Alex, Alex Murdoch, M-U-R-D-A-U-G-H. No matter how they want to pronounce it. It's- he's been accused of murdering his wife and son, and he's a prominent used to be a prominent attorney in one of the surrounding counties um, in the low country. So he's on trial and they're streaming it. They're not showing it. I'm not picking it up anywhere on TV, but they are streaming it. So I've set up my Surface Pro beside me while Mm -hmm. I work, Mm -hmm. you know? So I've actually gotten a crick in my back from the way I'm I'm turning to watch, which is I need to switch. You need to square up. up. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm watching, but when I, at the end of the day, so the trial starts at, what, 9.30? Yeah. They start, and it goes until 5.30. They take an hour and 20 minutes for lunch. They take a couple of 10 minutes, maybe 15-minute recesses, and occasionally the judge will have everybody stand up and stretch. Other than that, it is like bang, bang, bang all the way through. It makes my work day go very fast. I know, me too. when it's over, it's like... My mind is like, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah, it's been crazy. So the first couple of days was a little bit boring and I was like, where's the where's the dramatic going, part? Yeah. But it was really just them entering all of the evidence. There's so much evidence and just entering all in, into the evidence, the evidence into the trial or whatever. So that was kind of boring, but now today, actually starting yesterday when we started talking about the cell phone data, which I find fascinating. Yeah. Um I just think that Starting yesterday afternoon, like after lunch, we started, the train finally left the station. Yeah. And so now. there's some things that I'm listening, I'm cringing to some of the text messages, just cringing. Because oh, I know it's yeah. like everyday banter back and forth. You feel comfortable seeing certain things that maybe you wouldn't say in mixed company or in, in a public. room full of people. <laughs> and then I start to think, oh my gosh, is yes. there anything I need to go back and clean up in my text messages? Like, I think I'll be very careful about what I say going forward forward yeah not that we typically have any kind of racist anything back and forth ever but we do sound kind of dumb sometimes we sound really <laughs> so dumb so i wouldn't be one of, yeah i wouldn't want somebody on the stand to be like oh my god you got you like i think the whole courtroom would laugh if they read oh, some of our text messages oh my god forth. no so no. yeah we I agree. English, um, grammar so my forward. my son was over this afternoon and I had the trial playing in the background and we, we were talking about some of the text messages Yeah, and I was just like, Oh my God, how embarrassing to have some of this stuff just read out in court. Right. And he's like, well, first of all, she didn't know when she was texting that it was going to be read in in a public forum. And I said, absolutely not. And I said, but it does make you take pause. And he was like, Oh, if I get murdered, they're going to read my text and they're going to say this month. <laughs> deserve to be murdered. <laughs> he deserved it. He, he was time. a really bad guy. It was just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's like, they're going to completely misunderstand oh, everything. So I was just like, maybe we need to think about that. And he's like, no, we'll be dead. It won't matter. It won't matter. That's yeah. Right. We won't care. <laughs> so, so what have been some of the shocking things that you've heard? So like things that you didn't, maybe you didn't realize were coming. So specifically today, I... Picked up and I listen. I'm I really am a dumb ditzy blonde, it, or used to be blonde or whatever. Anyway, I was 
not. Wait, I walked away from the microphone. I have oh. to. I object. Oh, she objects. You've never been a ditzy pawn. Okay, just a ditz. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I today when they were going through and they've been going over these guns and ammunition to the Nats eyelash. I mean, it's yes. just been that's been a little bit boring, guys. Let's pep it up. So. But they did start talking about a missing gun. And I feel like the way they introduced it was brilliant. Right. It wasn't, uh, everybody knows this is coming. Right. It was, I'm going to prove the point before I have to say the point. Right. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. And with and I didn't know that was coming. I didn't know anything about this gun that really is missing from the home that's unaccounted for. And it's not the one that was stolen. By, from Paul right, years ago. Right. And it had been used maybe 30 days before the murder. Right. So it was in the house. Yeah. So that and I was not of, prepared for. There have been for. a lot of very alarming things to me that have come out that, but for me today, the biggest, like, wait a minute, because I'm trying to keep an open mind. It's very hard. I will admit it is very hard to do because there has been so much coverage here. Between listening to, to, we only listen to one podcast about it, um, which is called The Murdoch Murders. It's Mandy Matney, and she does a fantastic job. She's the only never, one you should listen to. Yeah, we would never dream of trying to cover this case because she's going to, she gets it all. Like, well, she gets it. She is the she is the reason all of this came to light. Definitely. For so sure. She's but, the one that brought it all to light. And and I'm, I mean, she's just the most courageous, brave, ballsy. Definitely. I mean, she... But I love it. For me, it's you know it's hard to keep an open mind when you read so much and you hear a lot of opinions and all of this other stuff. And he's accused of so many other crimes that the yes. jury may or may not be able to hear about. I know. So we have this whole monster that we know is hanging out here, and we know all the financial pressures. But for me, one of the moments that made me be like, "Oh, wait a minute!" Today was when they were talking about him and the video. Um, they showed a Snapchat video of him driving around the property yes. um, with his son before the murder. And this has been like, oh, they were out looking because some sunflowers got killed and there was a tree that was hanging weird that needed to be replaced and all this other stuff. And then at the end of the day, the last thing we heard at the end of the day was look at what he's wearing, which is nothing Another, like what he was wearing. And so here's the crazy him. thing. The prosecution has now made another point right. without having to state the point. Right. It's brilliant. It is very smart. It's so very smart, smart the way they're going about this. Yeah. So I haven't listened to anything. I know Nancy Grace has been, she's actually outside the courtroom. Oh, every I'm sure. Day. There's, she's like I in mean, a yeah. parking lot under a tent doing her Yeah, thing. they've got press out there galore. Um, I think they, I know Court TV is out there. Yeah, I think they had an influx of 10,000 people. In oh, that yeah, little they have area, food trucks and everything. Yeah, they, it's there, like so. a food truck rodeo going on yeah. every day. But I guess I mean, the good news is we're getting all the information. And we're watching it live, so we can try and yes. you know figure things out. Yeah, because I I want to watch it myself. I don't want somebody to feed me their perspective right. because they may have not picked up on something. So that's the reason I'm not watching Nancy Grace. Yes. but I am very interested. I did hear yeah. that she was concerned about the jury, um, but and I get it. 
Um, they did say today that the jurors don't have notepads. So they're not taking notes. But the only thing I can figure as a juror, I believe you have access to the court records. And all of the evidence comes to you. Right. So they're going to have the transcripts yes. available to them. They can go back. So I get not making yep. notes. And it may be on their breaks that they go back to the room and, and make, make notes. notes. It, it may be like a protection thing to make sure nothing leaks out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the jury's not sequestered, so. No, they're not. Um, I don't know. It should be really interesting. We're on day eight. This was day eight. and But I feel like it really far, was just day two and a half because know, I feel so like, fast. yeah, I just feel like that um, the and first four days were just like evidence, evidence, evidence. I just love this judge. Oh, he's got he it is, together. He has it together. He's very professional. He doesn't, he's not going to pull up, put up with any BS, no antics, no theatrics. He, you yeah. Because if you start going down that theatric point, he's going to say, he calls you get on to it. the point. Yeah. You know, like you've said that already. Right. In Stop several different ways. You, we've yeah. heard it enough. Yeah. Do you have another point? So yes. he's really good about keeping things straight in his courtroom. And I like that about him, but he is just freaking adorable. He comes he in and he's smiling. He's always cheerful. He just gives off a really positive vibe, this guy. And he's really and he's chill. And he's listening. And he's not into the court drama. He's not no. into the press being there and him being a star. Like, no. And I just feel like he's such a sound. I think he's the epitome of what a judge is supposed to be. He's what they needed for this trial. Absolutely. Because he's so chill. Yeah. He's so chill. I agree. So anyway, by the time it's over, I'm like revved up. I don't know, I know. what to do. And then I get off and like you and I text all through the day. Oh, like yeah. uh, every time that? somebody oh, says, God. can you see that? Do you see that person behind so-and-so? What is she wearing? And how <laughs> frustrating is it when we have a gosh darn meeting and we have to speak oh in gosh. the meeting or run the meeting and I'm yeah, like, oh, or take minutes. And I'm like, oh no, I have a meeting too. Oh, I'm going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And you can't sound like you can pause the video because it's a live stream. And oh my God. I know. It's the craziest thing in the world. It truly is. But it's a lot of fun. It is a lot And of today fun. ended with what I think was a kaboom. I mean, a lot of fun because we've been waiting for the trial. There's been all the media coverage in the beginning. And this, this man really and truly is a monster based on the financial crimes that they have evidence that we know there's proof of and the things that he's done to his clients and their families along the way, including his housekeeper. And he's been convicted of some of these crimes. So we're not just making shit up here. But at the heart of the matter, these two innocent people lost their lives. Absolutely. It shattered an entire family. I wish that we didn't have to have a trial. Completely unnerving to watch. Her family is not in the court. We've not seen no. her family in the court. And I don't I don't know if it's because they're being called as witnesses. I'm not quite I sure. I think that they're all on witness lists, but Buster's there and Buster's on the witness list too. His oh, that's right. brother, his sister in law, they're all there and yeah. they're all on but they're also I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you it do it. Maybe they too, just don't want to hear it. It may be too difficult for yeah, them. It I'm may totally be that they just that. don't want to hear it. So and they're on the defense um witness but, list. Yeah, I saw that. The, they defense, the defense only. only. That, I thought that was interesting. But a couple of the people that were that we listened to today were on both. They're on they both. They were on both. So because the defense stood up and said, "Well, he's our witness." I know. And I was like, "Well, the prosecution got to win first. Well, yeah, and the prosecution. <laughs> so, I mean, it may be your witness, but the prosecution gets the first jab at mm-hmm. him, 
and they were doing a good job. They and did a really that's kind of what led up to the ending. Right. Of um, a real cliffhanger. I know. So the, the judge had said none of the financial crimes. It's like, a, what did he call it? Series 404 or something. something yeah. So, but his, his. Which basically addresses things that you've been accused of in other cases. Yes. That have not gone to trial. Right. They can't bring into evidence. So they can't bring that into evidence. And that, for that reason, the prosecution has not been allowed to say anything about that. And then. This afternoon, the last witness on the stand, and it had to have been like, I mean, it was late when they got off. It was after 530. So I think it was, I mean, I, I honestly, I think it was like 10 of six. I don't remember the exact It was time. pretty close because I remember thinking, my God, they, when I, when we were done, I said to my husband. Who I, can, had, I can pull out my text message. Yeah. Because we texted, oh, yeah. We texted like, right then. So anyway, so the. There was a witness on the stand, and the prosecution asked a witness, um, how well did you know Alan right. Murdoch? Right. Uh-oh. And then the um, when the defense went uh, had their cross-examination, he went in and said, you know, you've spent all this time with them. You've been at all their houses. I mean, he, you know, talked to, they had talked at length about his relationship and he said, how well do you know Alec? Right. Murdoch. Right. And the witness said, I know him very well. Right. And he said, could you ever imagine anything that would cause Alec Murdoch, the man that you know well to murder his wife and son. Right. And the kid said, or the the kid, he's not a kid. He's a, he's a grown man. He's a grown man. He's but, a kid to us because he's yeah. 30 years younger. And the witness said, no. Yeah. Yeah. So you would think that's the big kaboom, and it's not. It's not. Because then you get a redirect by the prosecution. Listen to me in these words. By the prosecution. And so... The prosecution then asked the guy, did you know about... This was a different guy. This is a different, this is a different witness. A yes. different witness. The first guy That's true. left it at, but the way he said, I know him. Like, how well do you know him? And the guy said a couple of times, I know him. Right. And you could take that as, I know him well enough to know that he's going to kill his wife and kid. Or yeah. you could take it as, I know him well enough to know he wouldn't do this. It, it was hard to say. And I think what they were doing was they were driving home. I know him. I know his voice. Like, I know, I know this man. Him. Yeah, well, two witnesses 100% yes. said that they heard him. Yes. And Even one didn't want to admit it was 100% by, by the end of it when he, he didn't have a choice. heard when they played the video. He didn't have a choice. He didn't have a choice He'd but to say that's him. Police officer that he So was this, 100%. the last witness, I just talked about the second to last witness. The last witness came on. And again, they were talking about ammunition and time he spent with one of the victims and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And the prosecution said now there was a some sidebar before the jury was in when, yeah before sidebar, yeah. yeah the jury had gone out and they did a sidebar and the prosecution brought up the fact that since the defense had asked a question about you know could you imagine if you know this man really well could you imagine him killing his wife and kid right they said because because based on the knowledge that they're talking about, he said, but it's not fair that the jury isn't hearing that there are financial 
the financial crimes. And if you knew him so well, did you know about any of these crimes that he was committing or the financial um, pothole he was in? Like he was really in it deep. And, you know, what had been announced that day with his law firm and everything. So, um, so he, so what he pretty, he pretty much did that. So the prosecution is saying the prosecution, prosecution. So the prosecution is saying, well, um, if he, if he asked that question, then it's only fair that we ask the, the witness, if you knew him, did you know all about these crimes? Right. So the judge wouldn't rule on it. He wouldn't rule. He would just said, I'm going to rule as objections are. Yeah. Yeah. As we get an objection, I'll rule on it right then in the, in that time. Yeah. So, so then the last witness is on the stand. It's like five minutes. We just heard about the, the different clothing and the, the different clothing. And is... we had heard from this, this witness about the gun that was missing yes. that they didn't say was missing, but they said it was missing. Right. And then, then we got to see the video right. of him not wearing pants, which I don't think we were even supposed to see the video. That's the first time they've really let us watch. We didn't see the video. I didn't see the video. I could only see it barely on a monitor. But on that, a monitor. But the prosecutor says, what is he wearing? I know. I know. So, so you're getting me all, I'm like all tangled up now. So anyway, this last one, this last witness, he, the prosecution actually said, did you, how well did you, do you know Alec Murdoch? And the guy was like, I know him very well. And he was like, did, what did you think of him? Did you think he was a good guy or whatever? This is in the redirect. And he was like, yeah, he said, did you, did you know the man that has been indicted on blah, 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 financial crimes? Did you know this man that was being sued because of a a fatal boating accident? Did you know this man? Like he just went through some of the grievances against Alec right now. And the guy said, I didn't know any of that, but what I wanted was a, I wanted a follow-up punch that said, if you, if you didn't know him that well, how can you say he wouldn't have murdered his wife and his son? You didn't know any of that stuff was going on. So, but we didn't get that. We were holding our breath. We were holding our breath because I just wanted it to be one of those Perry Mason moments. Yes. He just said objection. And I was like, oh my God, please. Yeah, and so we're all like leaning forward into the computer monitor trying to wait on this judge because there was this objection by the defense and the judge goes overruled. And that's it for court today, guys. And he ended court. He ended court. Oh, he did wait. He after the jury was gone to No, no, no. So he said overruled. And then the prosecutor said, I have no further questions. Right. And the judge said, well, that's it for court. The jury can be excused. Don't talk about the case. Yes. So the jury left. But then the judge, usually after the jury goes, he does any housekeeping he has at the end. Mm-hmm. And he had some things to say. Yes, he did. And um, he's, I don't, I, can you say what he said? Because <laughs> I was so excited. I don't know that I heard all the words. Oh, so he said that he would take a look at this. I don't know, it's like a 404 or something. It's a for, ruling 404. Some kind of a, a legal. Which, so what the, what the judge is basically doing is he wants to make sure that nothing can be brought back in an appeal or to overturn a verdict to say the judge didn't do his due diligence. 
So he's going to go back. I'm sure he'll be reading up on the statute to make sure that he that he can overrule that objection and that it doesn't have to be stricken from the yeah. record. And if that's the case, then the jury has to disregard it. They can't factor any of that into. I know. What we're hoping is the jury needs to know. I think that it needs to, I think the judge, what he did today was the way to go. I'll rule on it as, you know, as I see how it's being used and where we're going with it. Yeah. I think it was really a really smart thing. And then, and then that was it. It was over. Yeah. We have to wait till tomorrow at nine 30 and I can't wait. I'm telling you. (laughs) We have a podcast to record. Yeah. Well, that's at least we had this to do. I mean, if if not, I'd be, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to stay off the media. I know. With it, but it's hard not to. Well, and we just have been. The only thing that I do read is is anything that Mandy Matney tweets. I read it. And she's. She usually does an end of the day recap and a morning hello. Yeah. And that's what I've been reading. I try not to read anything else. I did post one thing on social media today that I thought it was telling that one of the witnesses, there was a, a piece of an audio tape that was played when, um, Alex was talking the night of the murder. He was talking to investigators and he was sobbing, crying, and it's very difficult to understand what he was saying. And there's this debate. Did he say I did him wrong or did him so bad? Or did did he say they did him so bad? And it is very difficult to understand. I think it's telling that the man testified who was, he was in the car. See, he heard it. He, he has the luxury of hearing it. Firsthand, we yeah. are hearing it over yeah. a cell phone recording through a system in a courtroom that's yeah. echoey and everything else. So I just felt like it was very telling that that man said he said I did him so bad, meaning that I mean if if, if you have any interest, you should go and look at it. The, the details of the condition of the bodies. Oh, that very, was very very graphic and gory and. And it was, I knew it was gory going into this, but I didn't know it was as gory as it no was. Idea. It's pretty bad. No idea. So anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. The man that was sitting in the vehicle with him when it happened said, he said, I, there was no doubt in his mind. So there's a big debate about, did he say I, did he say they, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. then again, after today, I feel like everybody was like, oof. I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, oof. Yeah. That was a tough one. So that we'll was see. a tough we'll one. See what happens. Yeah. We'll it's see been fun. Happens. I will tell you that um, you know, normally during the day I'm by myself anyway, right? Yeah. So I'm just gonna do my thing. Me too. When I'm working. Well, I told you my son was over today for a little bit and I had a trial going. And he He would like to come tomorrow? He would no no. <laughs> nope. He does not because <laughs> I have full on conversations with these people out loud. Oh yeah, no, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, uh-uh. And I and so he's like, Mom. Oh yeah. You're you you're Pardon a little too, like this oh, is difficult. I don't even and and then he said, I just it I feel like you're watching a football game, but that's not what's happening. I was like, that this is my football. This courtroom stuff is right. my football. And you know, this is not normally what we would do. We don't normally Get so invested in um, maybe occasionally something really high profile, something on well, court TV used to come on TV. That would be so convenient if they could do that again. So that's where it all started. We used to watch some high profile cases there, but not. I mean, that's it's really not my thing to to even do during the day. So it's out of the norm for us to do that, and then to even be talking about it because we've said so much. 
We like to leave it to the professionals. We don't do our research, but we're watching it. We're in it to we're win it. We're in it to guys. win it. And we're given such an uneducated perspective, which I think oh, is yeah. needed. That totally is so needed. needed. No like yeah. they're hearing all the professionals and their education yes. and their research. They're you don't have you can don't get that here. No, you listen, get honest to goodness, uneducated conversation. We, we can understand the point oh, because if yes. this had happened in Franklin, Virginia, oh, it would be much the same. Yeah, people are treated different when they are affluent. Yes, it just. It just is what it is. I guess it comes. I think we bring that over in our DNA. If you came from like Europe, where there's a queen. (laughs) I think think maybe you'll get it then. So perhaps. All right. Well, we need to get on and let me tell my story. Please. If I can get my dog to calm down. I don't think he's going to calm down. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. He's he's had medicine. It it should have kicked in by now. but. He's been a little clingy today, so we'll just see what happens. Okay, well, we'll I'm not going to make eye contact with him. Do not do that. Mm-mm. Hey, you want to get doomed? I'm Tessa. And I'm Nicole. And we have a spanking new podcast for your ear holes called Doom Generation. Listen in as two foul mouth biddies have an always casual, often comedic. What? I think we're funny. And sometimes chaotic conversation about the things that doomed us to be who we are today. Take a trip with us down nostalgia lane and we'll try not to veer off the road. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doom Generation Pod and on Twitter at Doom Gen Pod. Later, Later Doomers! All right, so this story we got from a fellow months ago. A feller? Whilst waiting in line at our favorite coffee shop, Evo. Yes. We love this. is a little um, bakery coffee shop in Park Circle in North Charleston. It's called Evo Bakery. E-V-O, like extroversion. And we love of. the people, the baristas in there. They're so sweet and yes. cute and fun. Yes, and you go in in the mornings to get coffee and the bakers are in and they're baking like there's a this whole open space where they've just got ovens and they're making and baking homemade things. Things, yeah. And it always next smells door good. to their Evo pizza. Yes, where they, they do a pizzeria. Yeah, so they do like wood fired pizza. It's um, delicious. It's very, very good. A little bit high end pizza for you. High end the pizza. Area. They got high end pizza right here. That's the area. That's what you come here for. I know. So it's but. So we were in line talking to the barista about our podcast one day, and the guy standing behind us said, "Oh my gosh, my fiance, my fiance. He could be. She could be the wife now. I don't know. It's been so long." She said that she loves podcasts. He got all of our information. Well, by golly, by the time we got home, we had an email from this fellow. I mean, he was Johnny on the spot. His name is Ridge. He's Ridge on the spot. Ridge on the spot. Mm -hmm. Ridge had sent us an email about a murder case. God loving. And this woman who committed the murders is maybe a distant aunt or cousin or, uh, of some sort of relation. So I feel like there was that. that they, there was a they relation. There. shared, like their leaves were in the same family forest. Correct. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Yes. So here we go. Thank you, Ridge. And thank you, people at Evo, for always being. Oh, I think we should go there Friday. Yeah, you love a Friday morning out. Somewhere. I just like I feel like by Friday I'm hanging on by a thread and I just need to I had need to start with a win. Yeah, I hear you. Start the weekend with a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. All right, Evo Bakery. We'll mm-hmm. see you on Friday. Yes.
All right, here we go. Four-year-old Billy White the second, right? I mean, we could call him Junior, but I don't know. They said Billy White the second was rushed to the emergency room at around three o'clock in the afternoon on June twenty first, nineteen seventy three. Oh, seventy three. His skin was, that was extremely before the bicentennial. It was before the bicentennial, but <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a long time ago. Don't say that because we've both been born by then. I know. <laughs> His skin was extremely white and he wasn't breathing. His stepmother, who brought Billy to the hospital, said that she thought he'd been choking on a piece of plastic. By the time doctors and nurses got, got Billy, he was dead. Oh. One of the doctors pulled a ball of plastic from Billy's throat. It was described as something like a bag that comes in, like your dry cleaning would come in. And Billy's stepmother, her name is Sylvia White said it was plastic that Billy had pulled from a laundry basket that she had been doing some laundry in. But the description the doctors and the nurses gave was like a big ball of plastic that unfolded like a flower. So, you know Are you saying? telling me that you were talking about a, the murder of a child? That's really rough, sugar. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that's rough. Well, do you want me to stop? <laughs> no. No, I want you to keep on going, but I'm just saying, gosh, that's heavy. Okay. Yeah. It's a murder podcast. I feel like we've had this conversation before, but the roles were reversed. All right. Well, let me just keep going. Just okay. hold your freaking horses, all right? They're holding. Okay. The nurses thought that the whole situation was a little suspicious, but they didn't see anything because the, the medical examiner wrote that it was an accidental death. Mm. And once the medical examiner comes in and says, this is what it is, then that's what it is. So Sylvia White was married to Billy's dad, Billy White Sr. Together, they had seven children. They were like the Brady freaking bunch. Seven. That's a lot of children. Sylvia had three from a previous marriage, and Billy Sr. had four from a previous marriage. Six of the kids were in school on the day that Billy died, so it was just Sylvie, Sylvia and Billy at home that day. Because Billy was four. He wasn't in school yet. The rest of the right. kids were at school. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, Billy Sr. was devastated by little Billy's death. Little Billy. Oh, little Billy. Oh, I can't come with that. No. Billy Jr.'s death. Oh, Billy too. Billy too. Billy uh-uh. As a way, <laughs> as a way of coping. <laughs> Billy uh-uh. <laughs> no. no, this is the murder of a child. Mm-mm. So, as a coping mechanism, he threw himself into work. He was an insurance salesman, and he did very well for himself. He made really good money. And over the next 20 years, Billy and Sylvia became part of the elite socialites in Kinston, North Carolina. Shut your front Kinston, door. Kinston, North Carolina, girl. Kinston. They went to a lot to a lot of charity events and hobnobbed with the wealthy folks. Kenston is a very small southern town in North Carolina where the people look out for each other. Yeah, they do. Billy was very outgoing, and he was just an all-around good guy. He sold insurance door to door. Now, come oh on, my gosh. door to door. Come on. Well, back then, I, I don't like I to imagine talk to you about that. Your and that's, I think that's the only way it got sold back yeah, then. I like to talk to you about your insurance needs. And they were like, "Yeah, come on, come in. on in, Belly, Belly, Belly." I don't know why. How about Billy? Billy. I'm calling Belly if I want to. It's my story. (laughs) Well, I just never heard of anybody called Belly. 
Well, on meet purpose. Belly. <laughs> meet Belly Senior. <laughs> Billy, oh. Billy, I, I, Daddy. <laughs> Anyway, Billy was so late that he managed to sell insurance to almost all of the police force. You were gonna say the whole all the town or the whole bridge club, but it's police force. Come on. He's a good guy. I'm just saying they don't all live in the same neighborhood. So how did he get to all of them? He's a door to door. He walked into the police station. Like I forgot they all get together there. <laughs> you have no choice. <laughs> if you're going to sell to a group of people that work together, you must go door to door to the house. Dang. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so anyway, Billy, Billy was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. That's why on January 21st, 1992, the town was shook when Sylvia reported Billy missing. Sylvia told the police, he's missing. Girl, he is missing. And this is post losing his son. This is in 92. That happened back in 73. Oh, my God. This is 92. 73, that's before the bicentennial. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Wow, you're so good. You're so good. (laughs) So Sylvia calls and said, y'all, Billy's missing. And they said, what? <laughs> they did. Oh, my God. Is that quoted in the court documents? <laughs> no. And they said, what? No. No. They, they didn't do that. Oh, my God. Let's talk real quick. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. I put my finger exactly where I left off so I won't lose my place. Can we talk about the court report? I don't understand what's happening. There, they, there's a machine. What? I don't like that. It looks like a nebulizer. I love it. And they just talk. They in talk it? into it, and it records. It records everything. But there is another court reporter it. there. You can do it either way. You can do it shorthand typing. Okay. Or you can do it so into I think the. Thing. It's I funny love that the, the older lady does the thing on your mouth, and the younger guy does the typing. I saw him though. Oh, did he the, have the it? Mouthpiece. Oh, I missed yeah. it. Could have been like when I was in one of my dang meetings. I know, but anyway, yeah. sorry. But the I, first day, I was like, "What's wrong with that lady up there? She's is she on a breathing machine? I knew what, what she that? was doing. I love it. That's cool. That's but, something I'd like to do. I know. Can you imagine that? But the first time I called a guy Billy, <laughs> his real name was Billy. They'd be like, yeah. "You're fired." But you and I would call it like a. We would be like commentating. Yes, they're prosecutors, and we'd be adding our own little tidbits. <laughs> oh my God! We'll be like. Okay, here comes Belly's uncle's cousin to the stand. <laughs> She's dressed in polyester head and toe. Oh my gosh, did you see the color pink on those shoes? <laughs> yeah, Somebody we, was they, having a sale of keto. They were not going, they're never going to let us be court no, reporters. We're fired, we're fired, we're fired before we started, fired. before we even applied. <laughs> So, because Billy was so well-loved in the community, the police said, listen, we're going at this full force. They launched a boots-on-the-ground search, and they decided, let's get the planes going, too. Let's go aerial. We're going aerial, y'all. Be be careful with that word. Aerial. (laughs) Not, not, no. All right. Almost immediately, they found Billy's car. Oh, it's cool. And even from the aerial view, they could see there was a large blood stain on his white shirt. 
Billy was laying next to the car. I was like, where was his shirt? In the car, no, but Billy, it Billy was in. Billy was laying face up beside his car, white shirt covered in blood. And they could see that from up in the from air. From the air. An aerial view. Careful. Billy was dead. He died. He had two gunshot wounds, one to his chest, the other to his side. His side? Yes, when they found him, That's rude. his wedding ring was missing, oh. and the pockets of his pants were turned inside out. You know, they probably took his chiclets. They probably took his chiclets, <laughs> yes. Because you Damn. know he had those, the mint Of course, ones. yes. To have fresh breath at your door to door. Yes. Police found no shell casings at the scene, and they said it appeared Billy had been robbed. But they also said something about the scene made them think maybe it wasn't just a grab and go. The Kinston police started their investigation into Billy's murder. Sylvia told them that Billy was supposed to meet with a man named Timmy Connors. Timmy Connors. Not Timmy not Connors. Connors. Not Timmy Connors. Not no. Tennis no. Player, but, <laughs> no, please but do Timmy, not get that Timmy wrong. Timmy Connors to sell him a $500,000 life insurance policy. He said he'd been at a seminar about cosmetics when Billy was... No, Sylvia, not Billy. No, not the... Co- oh, my Lanta. Sylvia had been a, a at a cosmetics conference uh, Billy while was Billy not, oh, was doing his thing. So, okay. she, so he was not buying the cosmetics. Exactly. Sylvia was at a, at, at a seminar about cosmetics when Billy was meeting with this person. Okay. Like Merkay, whatever is Merkay. It probably was, but didn't it wasn't specific about it. Could have been Merle Norman. It could have been back in 1992. Absolutely, Merle was making a big, a big old comeback. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just saying it could have been either of them. Yeah, I think Mary Kay though she was mm, really strong because that's. I didn't know what that sign was you were giving me. Oh. It's solitude. <laughs> Mary Kay Cosmetic Salespeople Unite. That's Are you what I was saying. <laughs> Did you take up a new a new job without me knowing? <laughs> You're like really gung-ho for this workforce that we don't know. <laughs> Maybe Billy had sold all those people insurance too. We don't know. Only we don't if he know. went to their houses. The police were able to confirm that Sylvia was, in fact, out of town and that she had dinner with a friend that night. Mm. They searched high and low for this Timmy Connors, but they came up empty. Frustrated with their lack of details on what happened to Billy, they decided to set up a tip line in hopes that somebody would call in and help figure out who killed their friend. Listen, that's a great idea because those tip lines, they really do work out sometimes. They really do. They really do. On February the 6th, a tip came in. The caller said, uh, I wish I could read, someone <laughs> had approached him at a party and asked if he knew anyone that would kill someone for him. What an unusual question. I don't think I've ever been to a party where somebody came up to me and said, do you know anybody that could kill somebody for me? I am waiting for the day it happens to me. Because what are you going to do after the party? I'd I be would like, be like, how group text. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'd be like, do you know what Betty Lou asked me at her party? <laughs> Let me take a picture of you, Betty Lou. Let's get a selfie. Yes. And then I'd be pointing to her like, she's the one. This is Betty Lou. She's the one. She did it. <laughs> the tipster also said he thought two months after the party that he ran into the same guy again. Mm. And that man he believes is the same man said that he had in fact killed Billy. The tipster didn't have a name, but he said he knew the man was a construction worker. And he said the man had 
long hair. Bam! <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Long hair. Are you saying long haired people are dangerous? No, just saying. Or they're guilty. Long hair. Okay. <laughs> the flip it. Okay. Long hair to you too. With a few more details, the investigators were able to track down the man with long hair. How? 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 They didn't have the internet. They just they did didn't it. They didn't have cellular devices. In the 90s, they just freaking did it. They really did. And they got it done. This man's name was Taylor. James Linwood Taylor. Wait, James Taylor? His name is James Taylor. <laughs> oh, my God. And Linwood is a family name of ours. Yes. Oh, my word. I know. I'm going to call him Taylor going forward as opposed yeah. to James. Let's don't call him James Taylor. No. no. Taylor was actually an informant. That's how they figured out who he was. He was oh. an informant who regularly gave the police information about drug deals. Oh, there you go. Not so hard to find after all. When he heard that, because they said, oh, construction worker, long hair. Yeah. That's James Taylor. That's James Reading Taylor. That is. Not the singer. Not the singer, but the informant. So Taylor comes in. He talks to the police. Um, the investigators uh, talk to... Wait a minute. Investigators? Mm -hmm. I wrote that they talked to Billy, but they did not. How would they, they have talked to Billy? They talked to, to Taylor. Okay. This Taylor, James Taylor man, who right. claimed that he had nothing to do with Billy's murder. After eight hours of investigation, uh, not investigation, but... Um, oh, God. What is in your cup? <laughs> nothing. That's the problem. I'm not drinking. Oh, my God. Interrogation. Come on. <laughs> I said to the people at the very beginning, it had been a while since I had written it, and it's I true. found a lot of murder on the brain. Plus, yes. I've got this little tiny 22-pound uh, beast that is driving he just me insane. Is, he, he put on weight, and then he acts like he's the big boss. He's carrying a little winter <laughs> weight. Leave him alone. Trout, go lay down. Go, go lay your down. chubby butt down. Go lay down. Go lay nights. Listen, pork chop. Lay oh, down. No. Oh, no. <laughs> After eight hours of interrogation... He finally did confess that he had been hired to kill Billy White. He said that Sylvia White oh. had paid him $20,000 and had given him a van. So here, I've got a van for you and $20,000. Man, she's got it all. That's what I'm giving you as payment for the killing. Now, according to Taylor, Sylvia said that she had been having an affair and wanted Billy gone. Now, mm -hmm. hang on, because I got a side note. Uh -oh. <laughs> She'd been trying the for the better part of a year to poison Billy, but had been unsuccessful. What? She couldn't pull off the poisoning. That's what she told Taylor. What the heck? I've been trying to poison him, but he won't die. <laughs> that man is Teflon. So now, you're going to have to kill him. Now you've gone kill him. I got a van. You can have the van. And I got 20000 She must be selling a lot of Mary Kay. I mean, she's very successful. <laughs> very. But she's using work, it for bad. Workforce Unite. Oh, no. She knew that, that Billy had a $200,000 life insurance policy, which, like, excuse me very much. You sell insurance, but you only got a $200,000 life insurance policy? I, I think that you probably get more. Maybe he didn't make a lot of money and could not afford but the $200,000 policy. Was everybody in town's insurance salesman. The reason was because he was only charging a nickel. That's for his barter system. <laughs> Dang it. Yes. So she knew that she was going to get a payout on, upon Billy's death. So 
Taylor had to source out because he knew he couldn't do it on his own. Yeah. So he paid an uncle of his $300. Uncle Linwood? To help him with the execution. (laughs) No. Uh Uh-oh. So Taylor sets up a meeting with Billy under the pretense of wanting to purchase a life insurance policy. When Billy shows up to the remote spot, he and Taylor start chit-chatting, and Billy's distracted. And then Taylor's uncle comes out of the woods, or the shadows, they say, and he shoots Billy. And then they steal the wedding ring off his finger. They empty his pockets. They pick up the shell casings, and then they head back up. During his confession, though, Taylor gave investigators information they weren't expecting. Uh-oh. I know. When Sylvia, Sylvia was expecting. No. Oh, sorry. When Sylvia was talking to Taylor about how he was going to murder, she said, listen. Because he was like, I don't think I can do it. She said, listen to me. It's... So when you murder somebody, it is surprisingly easy. Oh, oh no. Mm-hmm. She told him that she had she had given her, she had used a plastic bag to suffocate her four-year-old stepson, who she called it. She referred to the stepson as I her. am going to, I am, I'm going to catapult right through the roof. Are you telling me she just confessed to murdering that boy? I'm telling you she confessed to murdering that four-year-old boy. She shoved plastic down. She suffocated him and then shoved a ball of plastic down his throat. What a diabolical beast. Beast. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Now, when Billy Jr. died, remember, his his death had been listed as an accident. So investigators go back and they look at all the file from Billy Jr. And they talk to the doctor, the ER nurse, and they're like, what the hell? And they say, these people, like, we were there when she brought that boy in, and we knew something wasn't right, but the medical examiner said it was an accident. We had to go with what he said. So they said, well, you know what? We're going to exhume that body, and we're going to take another look at it. So they had Billy Jr.'s body exhumed, and a new medical examiner reviewed Billy's case and knew immediately that Billy had been murdered. Listen, what year was that? 1973. And what year did Billy get dead? He got, Billy Jr. got dead in 73. And Billy then Sr. got dead in 92. Okay, so in 92, she's finally confessed. I don't know why I was thinking. I don't know. Where are you going? Okay. I don't know. There's not a lot left of that body, do you think? Uh, it depends on the, the preservation. Okay. Like if he was preserved or. Yeah, that's But true. they could still probably see bones if there's a. Like, like a broken bone, yeah. Right. Um, they they said that the plastic they found in Billy's mouth didn't have teeth marks in it, and it was too big to even attempt to swallow. Oh. They also found signs that Billy Jr. had been abused, and then Billy Jr.'s brothers and sisters said that Billy Jr. was very afraid of Sylvia. She was very, very bad, and because, because he was, she home, was yes, yes, he took the brunt of everything. On February 13, 1992, Sylvia White was arrested and charged with first-degree murder in her stepson's death. She was also charged for the murder of her husband, Billy. They tried her for Billy Jr.'s murder first. Let me tell you something. I hope Billy I.I. is haunting her. Oh, I hope so, too. Prosecutors knew that if they could get a conviction for Billy I.I., 
then they could try her for capital murder in Billy SR's. Yes. Death. Just he, he'd have just been Billy I. S- uh, sorry, Billy Billy I. <laughs> Sylvia was found guilty of first degree murder of Billy I. I. <gasps> she agreed to a plea deal and pled guilty to second degree murder of Billy I. So she she avoided the death penalty. They were not going to give her the death penalty because she pleaded. She pleaded. She pleaded. She, yeah, she said, "Okay, I'm guilty." Ugh. Ugh. Uh, she was sentenced to life for Billy I I's murder okay. and was given an additional life sentence for Billy I's murder. murder. Okay. Taylor's uncle, who was the trigger man. Uh-huh. was given the death penalty, and he was executed by lethal Whoa. injection in 2002. Listen, North Carolina was not messing around. No. You get, you're going down in 92. You're dead in 2002. Zippy-zap, man. Oh, still 10 years. Taylor took a plea deal, and he pled guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to life. He was released on parole in 2020. Where do you think he lives? I don't know. Probably yeah, Sylvia White, now 85 years old, was released on parole December 2nd, 2022. I'm going to tell you right now. Can you believe it? I cannot. How be- is it that you get two life sentences and you're out on parole? C-O-V-I-D. I don't know. I don't know. But when we're going to work on getting ourselves a... Uh, Prosecutor, yes, or a defense. No, he's a defense attorney. We're getting a real attorney on this show, and he's going to help us figure. My gosh, we have so many questions. If y'all have questions, let us know. Yeah, we're because you know we'll forget some. Corey, we're coming for you. We're coming for you, Curly. Curly, I don't know. He doesn't know that he's called Curly. (laughs) Well, now he does. Anyway, thank you, Ridge. That was a really Ridge. That was amazing. Fascinating. I'm so glad that they figured out what happened to Billy. I know. So he could rest in peace finally. Yeah. Oh, that that Sylvia. She's a rat. Sylvia. She's just Wait, like a. Is that the name? Sylvia. No. Pseudo. Pseudo. Yeah. No. It's not Sylvia. Is it pseudo? Yeah. Something like People are like getting their guns out and blowing their heads off right now because we can't figure this out. We just need to end it. Social media, we're done. Now we're gonna eat the dip. Oh, shut up! We're gonna eat the dip. Hold on, let me get the dip. Oh my god! <laughs> Give me the dip. You're a dip. <laughs> oh my god! Oh Lord, have mercy. Listen, we said we're back. We were not just. <laughs> we're working on it. We're working on it. We're back. Oh my gosh. It's a good thing we're only doing one case per episode because I think I just lost everybody at this point. (laughs) At this point, I think it's over. It's just over. All right, girl. Oh, my God. That smells so good. It's almost like icing. Like icing. Oh, God. Yeah. Let me give you some vanilla wafers. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Oh, I was spreading on it like a knife. <laughs> that is so good. Oh my it's lord! It's very good. I'm I'm glad that I made it because I love the tangy of the cream cheese. Yeah, it's it's just you know it's it's almost exactly like cookie dough except you don't bake it and there are no eggs in it or flour. 
Yeah, it reminds me more oh, of... Oh, is that gluten-free? Do you think we did a gluten-free thing? I don't know. I, oh, yeah, I guess we I don't think there's gluten-free. This is our very special gluten-free chocolate chip cookie dough. Let's don't call it that because yeah. I don't know if there's gluten in chocolate chips or not. Oh. Might not be gluten-free. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't it's tell not. us. We don't care. We don't care. <laughs> We're good. It's delicious. Though it doesn't remind me of cookie dough so much as cream cheese icing with chocolate chips in it. It's I agree. So That's. Good. I feel like I'm eating the um, Heinz. Who does the, in the Heinz? Like a pill sugarcoatedpod.com and we have email murder.sugarcoated what is wrong with us we didn't drink that's the problem I'm telling you we can't keep it together and we wrote a book y'all go find it it's called click 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 by Ann Varner and Karen Devaney it is sold on Barnes and Noble online and on Amazon please go buy it and then Tell your family and friends to buy it. Everybody needs to buy it. I mean, tell the mayor to buy it. Oh, my God, the mayor. Yes. That's a great tell, idea. Everybody go tell your mayor to please, please buy, buy our book. book. Yes. <laughs> it's a new campaign. Oh, yes. <laughs> tell your mayor. Please tell your mayor. If you're local to the Charleston area, we're doing a book signing and book club at yes. Village Booksellers on, on February 9th. Yes, we are. So at 630. I know. If y'all are in the area, come. It's a free event. Oh, my God. I hope just, we can keep just, it together for that. I feel like too. we're going to have oh to be God. way more professional. <laughs> no, I think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to Because these people are coming because of the book. They probably don't even know oh, about no our podcast. about the podcast. So I, I almost feel like we should just play a little bit of like a clip or two of <laughs> like our worst moments. Just <laughs> say this is how we expect so this to like go. like a whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, moments like tonight when right. we're like probably saying things that we're we're gonna regret uh, saying in the morning. I don't even know if we cussed or not, but if we did, sorry, Mama. <laughs> sorry, Mama. Let's just throw that in there mama too. Mama hasn't been feeling well, so oh. get well soon, Mama. Yes, Mama. We need you well. We need you. We well. want to come see you, and you have to be well for us to well, come. We are coming to see you, but We've but you don't want us to be sick when we leave. No. All right, that's it. That's all we've got. My dog is finally calm, so we can just go ahead because. He's seriously writing down. I was throwing ice pellets at him before. He doesn't. He doesn't react well to ice. That's well. He sniffed it like it was a treat, and then he walked away. Exactly. Now it's just going to be a wet spot on my floor, but that's fine. I'm going to blame him. Say he piddled. (laughs) All right, guys. We love the hell out of you. Please, for the love of God, and be all the people in the world. Stay sweet and don't murder. Because if you kill people. We We will talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. This has been Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast. Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com. 
Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends. Thanks for listening to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.